share um, the gospel story with mm -hmm. us, and she is she's got her own yeah. fun things. So. so yes, Michelle called and asked me if I would do a teaching lesson with you, wise people, on how to share the gospel, and I said no. <laughs> I said no. I I'm bad at it, and. No, I'm not going to do that, but ask someone else. Unless God tells me otherwise, the answer is no. So here I am tonight. <laughs> because uh, maybe it was two days later, and I was taking a car ride, and it was like, whoosh, this, just this truth, this message, not necessarily this message, but the message that I do uh, know the gospel, and I have shared the gospel. I don't carry a... A tract in my pocket or a list of accomplished people or people that, you know, checked the box or said the prayer and knelt at my feet or knelt with me. Um, but um, sharing the gospel is how I'm here. And I kind of have figured out a few ways to remember it under stress, but only after failing. <laughs> so I'm going to start with my, my favorite failure story. There's any number of those, but <clears throat> here's the one failure story that... Um, so um, I was uh, at a conference. My husband was um, uh, attending conference for his industry, and all the spouses had events. And there was a bus ride. We were, in, we were in Arizona. We took a bus ride to a Native American museum, and we toured. It was one of the things that we did. And I was visiting with women I'd never met before, mainly women on the, on the trip. And I was sitting next to a gal, and we started to chat. And she um, revealed to me that her name was Mary and that she had 12 children. And that was big news. <laughs> and I uh, was like, wow, that's a lot of children, Mary. I'm thinking I know why, why you have a lot of children. Your name is Mary. Maybe you are Catholic or maybe you have a Christian background. Maybe you're Mrs. Ducker. I don't know. But something here, something here tells me that we, we both understand Jesus. Okay. So I spent the day uh, at the museum, and we were kind of bumping into each other a lot. We kind of toured around a little bit, my brand new friend. And I remember exclaiming in front of this one um, tapestry, uh, that was the creation story by Native Americans, and it was just like this circle, and I, there's probably art to this that you could help me out with, but it was, it was this beautiful creation story, and, I, and I, I think I exclaimed something, you know, holy, like, you know, the, uh, the love of God is written in the hearts of all men, and, you know, it's, it's an undeniable fact. Look at here's the creation story, here's the flood, here's the, here's, you know, and I was like, I was really taken by there was Jesus, in the Native American people's story of creation, or at least there was the same God creation story. Anyway, I exclaimed that. We went through the day. Got on the bus, got on the bus, sat next to a woman who was doing a Bible study. Same study I was doing back in Illinois. She was from elsewhere. And so we started chatting across the aisle about Bible study and what are you learning and so forth. About the time we got back to the hotel, Mary, who had been, I think, in the seat in front of us, turned all the way around in her seat, and she looked at this other woman who I was chatting with and I, and she said, what is it about you two? Like, what is different about you? And that woman and I knew what she was asking us. <laughs> and we looked at each other like, oh. <laughs> okay, uh, Jesus, uh, church, uh, Bible. I mean, we couldn't do it. <laughs> and I was so aware that this was like a softball pitch. Maybe this is like a t-ball. <laughs> you know, they say, oh, they'll ask you. Who asks you? This woman asks us, what's different about you? You're talking about Jesus all the time, and what's different, or whatever. And so I went back to my hotel room. My husband says, how was the day? I'm like, oh, oh I missed the biggest, oh, you know, and I was really sick about it. And what do I say? And I pulled out the Gideon's Bible, you know, I'm like, oh, what are those verses? Romans, Acts, you know, oh, and I, I just thought, oh, my goodness. 
But um, I took a shower, which is a good time for, for my heart to calm down and for, for the quiet to, to invite the Holy Spirit to talk to me, I think. And, and it was like, you already know this. Just, just tell her what is true for you. Just tell her your witness. Witness to her. Tell her your testimony or tell her what he's done and what he's doing. You know this, Cheryl. And um, I would ask you, if you were on that bus with me, and Mary asked you, what's different about you? And you knew she was asking you, what's the good news that's that fragrance about you? What would you say? You can go ahead and say it, and I'm going to write some things down. Mm -hmm. Now, let me help you think about it just a little bit, because I know you all have ideas about this, of course. And you, uh, in my case, I was actually um, evangelized in college. And somebody used the four spiritual laws with this Campus Crusade for Christ pamphlet and it, you know, a tract that walks you through what is salvation and so forth. Um, I didn't have a tract on me, and I'm not really a tract person. <laughs> so even if I did, I'm not sure that I would use it. I do have a copy of that for you, uh, if any of you want that as a tool for, for the gospel. But um, I, I want to circle in right here. What questions does the good news answer? Because she had a question for me. And she was asking me something. So I would say, if you get, you know, that blessing where somebody is really asking you something, or you were just telling me, Joan, about a circumstance where you walked into someone's life and you could see the gap. You could see the question mark. The, the, the problem was a big question mark, the thing that they were missing. So what kinds of things does the gospel answer? And maybe that'll help us um, make a, a brainstorm list here. God loves me so much that I, because of that, I love others. Okay. God loves me, which results in me loving others. Okay? So if somebody asks you, why do you do that? Like, I get that question a lot. So especially from um, people from overseas that, um, that are maybe Muslims, and they say, why do you help people like that? Yeah. For me, it's uh, my passion... Um, my passion in learning about God's love, and uh, it's a shared thing among others. So we get excited between the two of us when we talk about it. Okay. And other people will see the excitement, or you know. So you would say gospel. The gospel it. is uh, something that inspires excitement or enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And I get to learn more and more. Okay. What are you me. learning about? About God's love. <laughs> and I can't help but show it. <laughs> okay. I have, uh, when people ask me at work or something, you know, well, why, how can you do this? How do you do this? I said, because I have Jesus in my life. I, yeah, I have Jesus in my life. And, you know, I get my strength through there. So you it's not the gospel me. is a, a source of, of strength, strength and peace, right. Strength, okay. God bless you. God bless you, literally. <laughs> now now you're, on the bus. you're on the bus with me and Mary. Got a, you got an elevator pitch time. You got a minute. <laughs> I, I would, I would, especially if they saw the interaction. I would say what you're seeing is two women who are followers of Jesus Christ, and what happens when followers of Jesus Christ is we share the same spirit, mm -hmm. and you're seeing the joy that we have in the connection in our spirit, mm -hmm. and then that's because that's really what she was seeing was that that was the aroma was the spirit. Mm -hmm. Very good. Anybody uh, evangelized? Uh, did someone come to you and explain 
the gospel to you at some point and you said yes to that. I mean, I had a moment. Not everybody has a moment. Sometimes it's an unfolding series of moments. What was said to you here? I had an unfolding series of moments. Mm -hmm. There wasn't one moment. But I bring this up in my Bible study all the time. Nobody told me to do anything. I saw that spirit Mm -hmm. in others, and I thought, Mm -hmm. I want to have that peace that she has. Mm -hmm. I want to have, there was just, she was different. Like anybody who knows her, you know, she's still, you know, I've met amazing women in the years that I've become a Christian, but she's still the most godly woman I know. Mm -hmm. And... And she was just, it was, she was completely different than anybody I had ever met. Mm-hmm. And she had this sense of calm and peace and love around her that I wanted to. And it just really makes me think about how I present myself to others now. Mm-hmm. And it's a, the word that comes to mind is they're burdenless. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't see them, they were seeing you weren't weighted down. There was a... It's joy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's just a freedom in knowing you don't have to be perfect to be loved. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for a very imperfect person that I am, <laughs> it's a huge release. Mm-hmm. Huge release. I think that um, the question, one of some questions that the good news answers is, who am I and why am I here? And um, I think that hopefully... Um, as fathers of Christ we have a confidence that we don't um, need our identity is not based on our performance or approval or um, and um, and we do have we do know why we're here and so we do know what our goal is and what our aim is and um, why you know we, we have we have a source to tell us where our values are what why we do what we do we have a source I think my biggest thing was I I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was forgiven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we this too. Did I no. not no mm-hmm. if not mm-hmm. we certainly need to The other, oh, sorry. Well, the other thing for me is that it's a draw to other people um, as far as asking questions. I have this gift that I always, growing up and everything, I always was like, oh, this is horrible. Don't do it. Don't do it. People would confess to me. Mm. I mean, I would have a friend's mother, and this is the first time that I'm meeting her. And she will confess that she has had an affair on her husband. Mm-hmm. Or I will meet uh, someone's father or whatever, and he'll say, Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm an I'm alcoholic. And, and yet there are other people in the family that no deny idea. that. Yeah. And that's the first thing that that, and I'm like, Don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't leave me alone with your parents. <laughs> you know? Well, but, of being a but I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's also a, the fact that we are gods, mm-hmm. that it's a draw, mm-hmm. uh, whether we can see it or not. Mm-hmm. So they're drawn to him. They just don't necessarily yeah. know yeah. it. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're seeing his love and acceptance. Cheryl, yeah. I think something that's so hard is you're on that bus and she turns around and says to you, What's, What is it with you? Yeah. 
it's very it's hard day. to say something that doesn't sound like you're congratulating yourself right. about your conduct mm -hmm. or who you are and mm -hmm. then making a judgment that they mm -hmm. are without those things. It's, yeah. it's, and, and when someone doesn't know Jesus, mm -hmm. to start attributing it to him is like, it's just, it's very, I think it's a very flustering thing because it's hard to talk about without mm -hmm. sounding like you're elevating yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you're comparing yourself to... A so all of this is really juicy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't like a pat answer, like, go take a left at the stoplight kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it has occurred to me and um, that, you know, when Jesus walked the earth and he saw people and he asked them to see him, he took 12 with him and said, you know, watch what I'm doing. Watch what I'm doing. You know, they were, he said to them when he left the earth, you will be my witnesses... You have been my witnesses, and now you'll be my witnesses. You'll give testimony like an expert witness does to Jerusalem, Judea, you know, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth because you've spent time with me. So um, my contention here is that you're all spending time with Jesus, and you know what it's like to be in relationship with him. But those disciples had took some time, three years, to really get to know him, you know, and they didn't have the written word. We didn't have the printing press. We didn't have the papyrus. They had to know it in their heart what it meant what the good news meant on their life. And then, being asked to do it, they, you know, Paul sometimes would give long speeches. You know, long speeches. I was on the bus. You know, I didn't have time to reason with the Greeks or go into the temple with the Jews or meet people necessarily in, you know. But um, I don't see him, you know, standing on a box and saying, these are the four things you have to say. However, there are many absolutes in Scripture, and we can find them about what it means to come to know him, what uh, confessing our sin, accepting that there's a God and I'm not him, uh, and understanding that there is a, a mode to, re to reconcile the relationship between God and man, and that mode is Jesus, and accepting Jesus results in this, that, and the other. But at some level, you know, you, to launch into the, the sermon, as it were, <laughs> would be challenging. Yeah. Um, but I do believe it's written on your hearts already. And now, I, now, now comes the what I would call my challenge to you is to practice it well enough in few enough words that if you were ever called upon to give a reason for the hope you have, mm -hmm. that you could. And you wouldn't end up like me in the shower lamenting my missed opportunity. But the happy ending of this story is because God is good. Um, <clears throat> and I really was so aware that I, that I missed my opportunity that in the evening we had another event because we were over there, we were there together for the weekend, and we were at tall tables and nice dresses at this point. And I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, if I get a chance, I mean, I don't know how this is going to happen. There's 600 people in the room. Mm -hmm. There's cocktail bars, men and women milling about. How is this going to happen? And Mary ran across that room and put her arms on the on that high boy cocktail table and said, "I just want to hear more about what you guys were talking about today." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought, like I, I said this this morning, it was like there was candid cameras from heaven, you know, like, can she do it this time? You know, like, <laughs> George Bailey's angel or something, you know, <laughs> so like, oh, look, she's doing it, you know, but I was ready, but I was ready. But I also had to think about Mary. I had to think about who I thought she might be and what her questions might be. What, her, what she was bringing to this. Because I'm going to assume that somewhere in Mary's background, there's the notion of God. It's just, just based on some 
you know, logical things. Now, I don't know where she falls in some of that. Um, this um, document that I just pulled off the line, which is pretty interesting, this was written by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, a man named Greg Gilbert. He says, we come to the good news about Jesus Christ by answering a few questions. Who made us and to whom are we accountable? What is our problem? What is God's solution to our problem? And how can I be included in the solution? The good news first starts with bad news. It starts with who, uh, who am I and why am I here? And the answer is because you know God made you for a wonderful thing, except you know we blow it, and and therefore there needed to be some kind of a process to get us back in reconciliation with Him because He is a God who loves us. Love is all over this, right? And all this blessing that comes from being in love relationship with God. In the morning, we talked about having a personal relationship with God, which. I think you can agree is um, Christianese and challenging to explain. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, I'll have a personal relationship with God. I remember the girl who asked me, she said, do you, um, do you have a personal relationship with God? And I was like, that seems really <laughs> weird. I mean, I don't even know what that question means. And so here's how I answered it. I was in a youth group. I was the president of my youth group. <laughs> like, what was that question? It didn't, it didn't, that wasn't a question that was burning in my heart. My question was, frankly, at that point, um, could, could God tolerate the sin that I was committing while I was in college? And I couldn't tolerate it, so could he tolerate it? And if he couldn't tolerate it, then what's the solution? Good works? I mean, that's, you know, for me. So, um, first of all, I would say the, the answer to how do I share it, you alluded to this as best as possible in relationship. You alluded to this in relationship. You know, this is where that comes up. Even a brand new relationship like mine with Mary or you with your, your newfound 95-year-old uncle, um, he's coming into your space and, and you're sharing, you know, geography or breadth or bread or whatever, and there is something there that allows that is welcoming you into a conversation with him. And I would say the first place to start is to figure out what that conversation, what the, what the gap is for people, if, if that's possible. I have a, a neighbor that I walk with, and she's not a believer, although she's very open to many things. And so my, my time with her is spent on helping her understand who God is. So I have this little method that I've used just to remember the parts, okay? Like, it's not the gospel itself, but it's to remember, like, the key parts. And, and it's, it's, the, you know, it's the acronym, or what do we call this, um, acrostic? I think it's acrostic, gospel. <coughs> The G reminds me to talk about God and who God is and his sovereignty and that he's all in all, that he's the creator, that he's the supreme alpha and the omega, everything to do with the sovereignty of God. The O reminds me to talk about our sins, both the sins of mankind, plural, and the sins of Cheryl, personal. Our sins that separate us from the great God. S reminds me to talk about the sacrifice that is required to bridge the gap between my imperfection and his perfection. That is, there's a, a, a debt to be paid. There's a sacrifice required. It was an Old Testament sacrifice. You can go into all the blood. You can explain to people why Jesus is bleeding in these pictures. Or you can just say that a sacrifice was required. The P reminds me to talk about that the payment was made in full. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. Payment was made in full. This is huge for lots of people who, who, would, who would consider themselves Christians. The E reminds me to talk about the joy of eternal life. The fact that this is... Um, this is a, a relationship that gets formed, and then there's, some, there's a benefits package. And, and the, the L reminds me to talk about life in the spirit now. You have that down here. 
this thing that's happening between believers, this methodology we have to get through um, troubles, this uh, place we go for our direction and our identity, the place we know that we're accepted and, and we can find strength, peace and, peace and calm. This reminds me to talk about those things. <clears throat> now, not everybody has the same question or is in the same place in this G-O-S-P-E-L. So um, I didn't have to spend a ton of time with Mary on the sovereignty of God and who God was. And I didn't have to talk to her much about our sins being separated from us but at, or the fact that there was a sacrifice required because she sort of understood the whole you know, crucifixion and all that business. What she didn't understand was the payment in full piece. She understood you know, works. She might even have understood it through lots of babies. You know, that's not a foreign concept to most of us, and, and um, that's kind of where I went with her. Now, I'm going to tell you, our relationship didn't end there in Arizona. Um, afterward, I discipled her over the Internet for two years, <laughs> and I found her a church through our pastors who recommended a church in her town, a, Bible, a Bible-believing church. And she had lots of stuff going on in her life. She had some troubled children, as you might imagine. There's too many for at least a couple of them not to have trouble. Um, some illness, a special needs child, and a very broken relationship with her husband. So she needed support, and guess what? You know, I get to keep that relationship up because in Christ comes all of this, you know, togetherness, this same spirit. And so she was like, I want more of that. Where can I get that? I mean, this was like, you know, prescription. This doesn't happen probably twice in a lifetime. Um, but this is what God brought to mind while I was driving. After I said, no, I don't know anything about sharing the gospel. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> and I may even have done it another time. It just wasn't quite so cool. But um, eternal life, this is where I spent time with my, um, my dad. He, he passed away this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before he passed away, he was ill for a while, and he had a, a critical condition. He had an aortic aneurysm, and it was going to require a surgery, and the surgery might have killed him. And so we were together a good deal of time when many of these things were unfolding and um, he was making decisions about his life. And he looked at my mom, who was just incredibly distressed. They are not believers. Um, they're, they're very nice, moral people, but they don't understand the gospel. And I, I, I've spent a lot of time you know, loving my parents and them sort of figuring out who I am, uh, sort of, you know, but they're not, my dad, who particularly was the head of the household, is very independent, and this whole God's sovereignty thing, I mean, you can figure out that he rule, they rules the earth, but the whole sin, that's human nature, you know, there's a lot in there. But uh, at 87 and looking at <clears throat> surgery, it was eternal life that was the question. Mm. And he asked me, what happens if I don't do this corrective surgery? I said, well, you will die. The question isn't whether you will die from the surgery or whether you will die from something else. You will die. The question is, wh- where, do you wanna, where do you see after your death? Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad, at this point, of course, I've talked to him many times. I, after he passed away, um, I found lots of letters that I'd written to him. Because over the course of my time as a, as a believer, I wondered, have I actually said the gospel? And it turns out I have many times. <laughs> and he had them all the letters. He had all my letters. So um, I don't know at what point he, um, he left this earth, but he knew the news. He had heard the good news. And the good news was um, that there was eternal life for him, and it didn't require that he give any money or change his, um, anything on his driver's license or start wearing a... a long curls around his face or, or anything else. It just meant he had to turn like the guy on the cross and say to Jesus, I can't do this myself, but you can, and I accept that. 
And I told him, in those, that, that short, that was the gospel for my dad that day. I said, Dad, all you have to say to God is, I can't do it. I don't even know how it gets done, but I trust that you do. Boom. For my mom and for many people, uh, those of us who, who look down the road and see life now, we want to know that there is some help for the heartache or, or some uh, navigation through uh, the troubles that we were promised we would have. So life in the spirit is you know, maybe where I, I would land with some people. This is just for me. This is for me to help remember the parts that seem to be meaningful and then for me to listen to the questions that are coming from the people that I have the opportunity to encounter. Because before we could go to a Bible and point to a thing, we have to first uh, understand that um, maybe the person who you want to point a Bible verse out to doesn't give a hoot about that book. <laughs> but they probably have a question about one of these things. How do I find peace? How do I find acceptance? How do I know that there's something after death? How do I know my, my life has meaning or that I have identity beyond my accomplishments or my money? They probably have that question, and you have that answer, and that answer is Jesus. And the, the, the challenge for us then is to figure out how to have it ready, how to have it ready. So um, I'll bet you have some good gospel-sharing stories among you. Do we have time to share one or two? Sure. Okay. Did I anybody? Have a yeah. Question though. Um, I've done child evangelism training, mm -hmm. and in that training, you know, yes, you know how you uh, taught how to share the gospel, mm -hmm. but they also caution you, especially with dealing with children, if they don't understand that the fact that they're sinners, you cannot, you know, present the gospel and say you want to play, pr mm -hmm. say the salvation prayer because it's like. It's meaningless to them. So the training came that if, if they don't understand that concept, you have to stop. And you cannot put words into their mouth mm -hmm. and say, because you say the sinner's prayer, you're saved. Because if they don't have any concept of sin, what for? And I guess, does that same principle apply with adults? Or where, where do you think that what do you goes think? with the gospel? If somebody doesn't understand sin, can we just assume if they recite or any these part letters? Or any part of that any presentation. That, yeah. If they don't understand the need for um, a sacrifice or any of those things, mm -hmm. how do you give them the whole thing just in case, you know, like a fire insurance thing? Like just yeah. in case you... <laughs> get out of... It probably get out of feels like a fire hose <laughs> yeah. to them too. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's so like, I mean, where do yeah. you continue? Where do you yeah. stop? How do well, you Well, I'm not an expert on this, and I'm even not an expert on theology, but I do know that all of the stuff that you told me is written in so many different ways and contexts in Scripture itself. Mm -hmm. And okay. there isn't a sinner's prayer. There isn't, you don't even see Jesus going, You're in, you're in, you're in, except for the guy on the cross who had very little time. For all of the stuff. I mean, we really don't see that very often. We say, your faith has healed you and things like that. But we don't, we don't see him saying a sinner's prayer. So I know that Jeff, our pastor here, doesn't come down to, if I, don't, if I say this prayer and we don't count hands and things like that, for that reason, because it doesn't necessarily have a biblical mm -hmm. precedent. I'm going to tell you from my point of view, sitting with my dad at the table, I would have loved it if he raised his hand. Mm -hmm. I would have been at great peace if he said, I'm in, count me in. Mm -hmm. Today's the day. Mm -hmm. Write this I in see. a Bible and, you know, tell my wife. Don't don't let I, I would love love that, but I, I you know I don't know that that's necessarily a biblical principle as much as it is a desire of our hearts to see our those that we love um, know a truth that will set them free. But um, knowing how much sin is sin, and do six year olds have cognizance, and can they receive Christ as children, and does it stick? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could answer that. It, Michelle, you you got the big well. Boots. 
You were in the big boots. You answer. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I I do recognize is a change of heart. Mm -hmm. And I think as um, there are some who grew up in the church and will tell you that at a very young age, they prayed to receive Christ Mm -hmm. and they have walked with him all the days of their life. And so how can you argue with that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you'll hear a, a parent that says, I raised them in the church and they walked away. You know, did that, did it take? Praise God that we are not in a place where we have to make that determination. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Lord knows mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows their heart, obviously, better than any of us. I think we can present the details that is understandable for anyone at any age and, and walk of life, but so much of it is through relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think that is difficult, what you described. I think that's difficult to do with children or adults. Mm-hmm. The beauty is when there's a relationship. And so I had, uh, uh, we were at a restaurant, and the waiter was so joyful. Mm-hmm. And at one point I said to him, you are such a joy-filled young man. Where does that come from? And he said, well, ma'am, I had a praying mom. Mm. Mm. And I said, do you know him? And he said, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And he, I didn't even say, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. I just said, do you know him? Mm-hmm. And he stood a little taller, and I have chills to share, and he stood a little taller, and he said, yes, ma'am, I do. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell me about that. And so here's my unbelieving parents, oh. and my, oh. my, my, there were eight of us around the table. I hope you tipped him well. <laughs> and I said to Tim when we left, did you tip him well? Maybe we should go there. Um, but anyway, and he went on to talk about, you know, his, his, he was raised in a single family home. His mom um, loved the Lord, and so it was just yeah. a sweet time. But yeah. So I didn't have a relationship with him, but I... It, Ask the question, right. where, where is your joy? Where is the hope? Right, right. Where is this hope? Well, you weren't evangelizing him. He was actually evangelizing you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the difference, you know. And he, when he gave the answer, it was a sort of a second-tier answer. I gave second-tier answers when I was asked where my hope. I would have said, oh, I go to this great church. You know what I mean? That's not the same, my mother's praying, as I have a relationship with Christ. He did answer you when you asked him directly because he knew, maybe he was new in safe company and I... I I would hope that I wouldn't have to have these have this question asked me twice before I answered correctly the next time. But you, you can know. sure see his wheels turn and of where do I go? Yeah, what does this lady want to hear? Yeah. Yeah. right. But there, I think hopefully the expression on my face was do tell. Yeah, because yeah. and then it was sweet as he yes. did un- yes. unveil his yeah. story. Yeah. that my my unbelieving parents were able mm-hmm. to hear it too. And there's that connection mm-hmm. from one believer to yeah. another. So yeah. you two gals on a bus. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I I just have released myself to allow God to use me as he sees fit. And I don't find it my responsibility to make somebody come to him. I don't know what, like when I think about how many people were on my walk with Mm -hmm. me, and if any one of them felt like, all right, well, it's my job to make Haley a Christian. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be a Christian today. Mm -hmm. So I just have to accept that, forgive me because I know you've heard the story before, but um, I teach a sociology class and we talk about transgender. It's a really difficult talk. 
really mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. the hardest. I've been teaching for over 20 years, but this year is the hardest because I, for mm-hmm. the first time, had a transgender student in the room mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, he stayed along with um, his two best friends afterwards, and they said, I teach at Wheat North, you know, can hit a baseball and hit the Billy Graham Center mm-hmm. um, from where I am. And they said, we really appreciated how you were so kind when you taught that because, you know, those hardcore Christians over there, <laughs> they're not very, can I remember? Mm-hmm. They're not very nice or whatever it might be, or I forget what they're saying. And I said, you know what? I'm a hardcore Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, they said, what church do you go to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, the church where the first thing you learn is that we're supposed to love each other. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we had this nice talk, and I said, and I'll tell you what else. If you keep saying those Christians think like that, you're the same as those Christians who point to those gender people who are like that. Mm-hmm. Good call. Mm-hmm. Really? And none of us are going to move forward if we both stick our mm-hmm. ankles mm-hmm. in the mud mm-hmm. right where we are. And our fingers in other people's faces. And mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they know if they want to come back and talk to me some more, they can. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if God has me as this is one of the stops in the way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's for me. I don't think, I, I really try to listen. I feel like, you know, I must have been tone deaf for a very long time, but now I really try to listen to God move mm-hmm. me. I don't, God didn't have me chase him down the hall. Mm-hmm. I, so it's one of those things where I have to just embrace the moment that I have, but maybe only God is using me for a moment. Uh, and to be honest with you, I mean, God maybe recognizes my limitations or whatever it may be, but um, I think it's sometimes being part of sharing the gospel is sharing a piece of it that somebody's ready to hear at that moment. Oh, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, in my faith walk, the first person I would say, the first tick on the journey was um, uh, the swim coach that, oh, mm-hmm. she's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that was the first of many exes. They mm-hmm. say you have to hear the gospel like mm-hmm. 10 or 11 mm-hmm. times before. It, I mean, it's so massive. Right, Look, right. It's, it's oh, it's bigger massive. than that. Look, here I got some pages for you here. Good. Mm-hmm. Which I'll pass yeah. out. But yeah. Sure. Maybe it's either here or there, but it's very important. It's like me, when you tell the story, in a way, possible, I mean, Mary, it was beautiful that she established a relationship with her, but in a way, she was asking a rhetorical question. She, she was, uh, or maybe a better, she was so, she, you already had witnessed to her by um, seeing Jesus in the art. You had witnessed to her by the way you loved the neighbor. And... Um, so I guess it wasn't rhetorical because she didn't know. But um, it's just, I guess to kind of what you're saying, there, there are so many important things that we do, but I forgot to get it for important ways that we right. witness that people hear right. without um, using a particular Format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and God, apart from God, we can't do anything. Right. We can do like we can know. rehearse, but what good is that? Then it's right. a, a resounding gong. You for, <laughs> yeah. God appointed you for all those other things that she responded to mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. with such hunger. I think that um, if we look at it, how Jesus revealed Himself to people, you know, He didn't. He He often. Well, obviously, we know. He used miracles in order to get people's attention so he could get their ear so he could tell them good news. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that good news was, you know, you're a sinner with and this is this is it, follow me. So we do have to be 
and I don't mean every person in, you know, like Haley, like every person, we don't have to sit down and say the entire thing, but we should be ready with a reason and it should have words around it. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that, um, that God said in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word, you know, was with God. The words actually matter. And we had, and he, and he talks to us about how will they understand unless they've been told and how, you know, so we are called upon to have correct language. I don't want to be confused for a secular humanist. I don't want to be confused for somebody who's, who's, has a great personality, you know, or is friendly. Those are all fine. And they may be because of my relationship with Christ, but I should be able to say it, it's my relationship with Christ you're looking at. And I have to actually be able to be brave enough to say the words, be brave enough and, and proud enough and happy enough and enthusiastic enough to, to say those words. And I do think in this season of the world where people are really, really hungering for an absolute hope, and if you thought the hope was in this or that or the other, you're pretty much... Um, aware now that nobody's going to be your savior, mm-hmm. um, that if we aren't ready with a reason, we will really be dis- disappointment to our, our Lord and Savior. I mean, I'm just so thankful that he gave me a second chance that day. It was so clearly, <laughs> it was so clearly a training program for me. Mm. You know, I'm the, the whole phrase, I have a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. you said sometimes mm-hmm. that's often people are like, Okay. Um, Working in a school, I often have parents come to me and say, you know, there's something different about Mm -hmm. you. What is it? Mm -hmm. And I have just kind of learned to say, you know what? I know that God loves me and I love him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have so much Mm -hmm. joy. And that's simplified for them. That is. That's great. It doesn't say anything about relationships. Right. But But it it insinuates it, though, because he loves me. I love him. That is a relationship. And then they ask more questions. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Your character and your joy Mm -hmm. is pre-established, and it's happening in relationships. One of the things that, Mm -hmm. one of the buzzwords that I heard in the last week, last Monday, was that um, service is the new evangelism. Mm -hmm. So you go and you serve, and you do this, and people, why are you doing this? And Mm -hmm. the conversations happen, and time you have time because it's not like a small conversation where you're in the hall. Mm-hmm. You have you spend time together and you're sweating or you're frustrated or you're this, and they <clears> see how you react. And the relationship forms, and you have a platform mm-hmm. of respect and honor mm-hmm. that that is his, of course. But you have that, so you have the opportunity to share. Yeah, and then awesome. you have something that... Because they people can say anything they want on Facebook or social media. Mm-hmm. It's when you're living it out and they're seeing who you are. Right. Then you have the platform to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be mm-hmm. careful. That's a good point. And time time <coughs> with each other in work is, is a great way to demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. So good. The It's interesting because the, one of the things that came up yesterday was... Um, or the Tuesday morning session that Cheryl led was... Um, talking about God, and that all relation or all religions really they God is is acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's when they get in when we mention Jesus that it hits a hits a nerve, and um, but I think that the key is that when to Cheryl's point that when we are asked that we know how to take that step, whether it's, I love Jesus, I love God, I, you know, have a relationship with, depending on when you're asking the Lord that 911 prayer, how do I respond? (laughs) What do I need to hear come out of my lips? How do I respond to this? 
and then be okay with that because we are not <clears throat> required. We are not the, uh, being um, judged. Yeah, and asked for the final decision. They they will hear it from various people in various ways. I watched the way people live when they told me they were Christians. I watched them live it out. Mm. And I was trying to, and so I probably judged and <laughs> poorly at times, I'm sure. But I thought, huh, she calls herself a Christian. That's, that's interesting. And they do this, this, and this. Ah. But it was even seeing that, that I thought, I, I want to find out more about this. Um, but my first, first introduction, which you alluded to as well, and I, and I, I, know, I know your girl, um, but we watched the lives of those who called themselves Christians. And there's a responsibility mm-hmm. when, we, when we say we are Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's that going to look like? Because we're, we're going to love them. And we're going to point them toward Christ would be our, mm-hmm. our, our ultimate desire is mm-hmm. to point them to him. Mm-hmm. Any other questions or thoughts before we wrap up here? Ashley, you were going to mention something earlier. Did you? But we... We didn't get to you. Are you okay? Were yeah. you gonna, you no, yeah. I was, I was just going to interject, but then on the what is the gospel, but then okay. Oh, so. okay. I ran over you. <laughs> With the gospel. <laughs> yeah. She was driving the gospel truck. Yeah. Well, the, um, the joy of serving in women's Bible study with you all is a great joy. And the women who come and are in your groups and they gather around these tables week in and week out, that, I believe, is the gospel at work and alive in each of you that just mm. pours out onto these ladies. So thank you for your investment mm-hmm. in their, in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Would you like to close us in prayer? Oh, sorry. Father God, thank you so much for, uh, for Wednesdays, oh, for, um, for, the, for the opportunity to serve um, in this capacity and to build these relationships with women and the love that we share and the, the confidence and the intimacy that we have as we're joined in the Spirit. And I say the same for this group here um, that's assembled, and I thank you so much. Um, I'm humbled to be serving with these women and, and uh, to have this charge to be ready to share the hope that we have. And I pray that... Um, that number one, that each of us would be ready and, and would prepare and, and so really think about the, the, the way that we would say it. And I secondly ask that uh, you would, um, we would rejoice if given this opportunity. And I pray that you okay. would give us an opportunity to share this and uh, that we could come back sometime and, and share, reshare at this table that the, the amazing things that you have allowed us to share of, of the glories of knowing you. Yes. And, and um, I asked for a safe passage at home. I, on the way home, I don't know what the weather was, but it was nasty on the way in. And I asked for safe passages as we head home tonight. Mm-hmm. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. And so I, it will be interesting because I think when we have this sort of...